What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, with All-Star Weekend now in the rearview mirror, we are at the halfway point of this NHL season. And we thought that for today's episode, it would be great for us to take a look back at this first half of the year and give out some awards and maybe talk a little bit about what we're hoping to see in the second half of the year. So, Taylor, where do we want to begin? I guess we could start with this. So, Darlene was the Lone Sabres All-Star selection for this past weekend. Uh, do you think he's been the Sabres MVP or Hart Trophy winner? And if not, who is? It's a really good question. I would honestly, I think I would be able to hear an argument either way with him. You know, I don't know if definitively the Sabres have an MVP, but for the sake of the exercise, I think you can make the argument that it's been Tage, honestly. I yeah. mean, I, I, I think with Darlene, he it's really been in spurts with him and he's been on a really good run now, but he also had a not so good run earlier in the year, as we all know, but it's good to see him turning around right now. And just because maybe he is not my answer at this point, that doesn't necessarily mean that it might not be the air. It might be the answer come May, you know, by the end of the year, I, I think if he continues playing at the current pace that he's playing at, you know, he keeps putting up points while he's showing some responsibility in his own zone. Um, and just, again, showing that overall confidence in his game. I think him going to the all-star game and just being a part of this weekend is probably did a lot for his psyche. And I think it's good, you know, anything like that, like giving him the A, things like that, that are little things that are, are in reality big to him um, that can help just kind of get his headspace back on track, I think is, is great. And so, again, if, you know, combining that with the production and if he continues to score at the pace that he's at right now, like, in reality, I mean, he should be able to eclipse 50 points this year. And I think that having a 50 point defenseman on your team, even if you are bad, like that's a pretty big bonus for you. Um, and I think that, you know, while maybe you and I both agree with Kevin in terms of our long term outlook where he's not necessarily a first pairing guy per se, but if he's a really good number three, then ultimately, I think that we could be happy with with what's there. But Getting back down, I guess, into the to the micro of it all in this season. Yeah, I would probably put him second to Tage Thompson. I think that Tage has for sure shown the most growth this year. He's definitely taken the biggest step. I think that he's been also the biggest surprise for the Sabres this season, just with how well he has played. I mean, Taylor, it's, you, it's no secret for anybody who's listened to this podcast that you had said several times last year had questioned whether this guy was even an NHL player. And you weren't wrong to question that. And now, I mean, at this point, he's got 30 points and 41 games played, 14 goals, 16 assists. He's just playing with his body more and using more of his physicality to his advantage. I mean, with how big he is at 6'5", it was insane that he wasn't using that to his advantage more. It's really, in reality, it was just a waste. And you started to see a lot of growth in his game. You know, prior to this year, a lot of what he would do, you know, he would go for highlight reel deeks and, and dangles and he would always try and toe drag but this year it seems like he's making a lot more of smarter plays like if he has the puck in the neutral zone he's gonna look to make a pass before he's gonna look to make like a highlight reel play he has the ability to do those things but he's making the smart play now rather than trying to force it for himself and then i think on top of that the other thing that was 
pretty like a, a, a really negative characteristic of his game early on in his career was the fact that he was not an accurate shooter, especially when it came to one timers. And as we've seen this year and his contributions on the power play and also at five on five, his finishing ability has improved exponentially. And so combining those two things has kind of given us this player that is a legitimate top six player right now. And I, that in and of itself is something that not many other Sabres players can say, maybe with the exception of like Jeff Skinner. It's been great seeing Tage's growth this year. And I think that I would probably say he is my MVP so far. What about you? I agree. Tage is also my MVP, but I will make an argument for the runner up uh, is Jeff Skinner. Yeah. Someone who, yeah, he is somewhat one dimensional, but he's good at that dimension. He scores goals and it's been night and day from the past two seasons to now. It's so much he looks so much better having a coach who doesn't actively hate him and yep. isn't actively working against him. So yeah, he's been putting the puck in the back of the net again. And uh, he's a guy that you can kind of stick anywhere and have him score, which is good. Anyway. Uh, I think we'd also I, be remiss though, if we didn't mention in terms of guys who may end up being the MVP for the team by the end of the year, Alex talk in his short oh, stint. Yeah. Yeah. Point of game right now. He has been phenomenal. Both ends of the ice even though they haven't been exactly piling up the wins, he has been a consistent producer for them. And I think he brings a lot to the table. As we all know, he brings so much to the table off the ice as well and in the dressing room. And I think that you're really seeing, um, you know, as, as much value as we probably could get out of like an NHL ready guy right now in the Eichel deal. Like there were, there were not many guys that I think were realistically on the table that would bring to the Sabres on and off the ice, what Alex talk is bringing for them right now. So I think that that is a, uh, it's softening the blow for when Jack comes back and inevitably plays at over a point per game pace. Yes. Uh, I think, yeah, talk is someone Yeah, absolutely. If he's healthy for the rest of the year, he will probably be the, the team MVP. Now, this is an easy one to me, the next one. Okay. Who is the team's uh, Vezina winner? Which is fun. You can't do this for most teams because most teams, you have a starting goalie, you have a backup goalie, or maybe you have a duo. The Sabres have a, what is it called? A sextet of goalies? <laughs> Six um, guys have played this year. I think Craig Anderson is the easy Vezina winner. What about you? Yeah, I was going to say maybe Michael Hauser. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Anderson. I mean, he's been the one who's given them the most stability in goal. UPL had his good run early on, but then his play started to falter a little bit. And of course we have the injury and, you know, you're not expecting the progress to be linear for a rookie goalie in the NHL. So we were expecting some highs and lows with UPL. Hopefully he's going to be able to get back soon and we'll be able to see him in action more. But Craig Anderson, I think is the correct answer for sure. He's given them the most stability and, that's as generous as you could call what their goaltending has given them this year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's been a, a bizarre year and not a particularly good one at net. So the really the most reliable guy is the 41 year old somehow, probably not the way, I guess it is the way they drew it up because he was supposed True. to be the starter. So mm-hmm. mm. anyway, I think in their money's worth <laughs> two new guys in net next year, if I had to guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was an easy one. This is an uh, interesting one. Who would you say the Sabres Norris winner is? Due to sample size, you probably have to say Darlene. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I think, like I said, you, you can't discredit, like he has looked significantly better this year. It seems like he's starting to come back a bit from just his dreadful play under Kruger. 
again, not going to ever really live up to that first overall status and what we were really hoping for him. Like he's, he, he's not Victor Hedman, you know, he, he's just not that kind of guy. He's not Cal McCarr. That's he's okay, not even though. like Kevin Shattenkirk or Mike Green right now though, either. If he could be Shattenkirk at his peak, I think we could all be very happy with that. Sure. He better show it soon. Well, yeah, but again, who knows? Does power showing up next year help alleviate some of that pressure? Yeah. I mean, you know, you would, I, you would hope so, but I guess the interesting thing there is power going to take on big minutes right away. I wouldn't say probably right away, but I would expect they flirt with it with them a bit. I mean, they're going to want to play him in all situations, you know? So I think maybe by default, he's just going to end up from the start playing 20 minutes a night, but just because he's playing 20 minutes a night, doesn't mean that he's playing like 26 minutes a night, like Darlene is right. right. Now, you know? Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, again, Darlene has been solid, you know, there's been bad stretches undeniably, there's times when he's out there, especially in his own zone, where he looks a little bit lost. Sometimes in the offensive zone, it just, you know, it doesn't feel like he's maybe, we're, we're seeing the best of him, I guess, is probably how I should put it. But far more this season than last season, and probably just more in general, we have seen him really shine out there. You see him when he's coming up the ice and he has the puck on his stick, skating with confidence you know across the board it looks better and and i think a lot of it also we have to attribute to the assignments that he's getting in terms of like who he's not only playing against but who he's out with on the ice like i know for example i can't remember i saw recently but his analytics with tuck on the ice with him versus without is there's a bit of a contrast there to to be nice about it but i think that you know, when it comes to, to Darlene, we're getting the production out of him. And I think before the season, you and I both agreed that as long as we had a guy that was putting up numbers for them and was putting up points for them and was producing on the power play, that we would be okay with living with him not having the defensive prowess that you would want out of a, a first overall pick, you know. And we've gotten that by and large. And so I think with that being said, in the grand scheme of things, you can't really call it a disappointment. Like, I guess you can if you're trying to look at it from, like, he's a first overall pick. But Darlene's turnaround this year, I think, has not only been just good for himself and, and a relief for the fans, but I think it's also has led to him being the best defenseman on the team this year. Yep, and I think something much along the lines of Alex Tuck, uh, maybe by the end of the season, Samuelson is the defensive uh with the norris quote-unquote norris trophy winner for the sabers yep the way that's why i worded it as right now as uh due to sample size oh yeah for sure jack adams that one's easy (laughs) matt ellis moving on Um, really the only one we have left that really makes sense for this exercise is selkie unless you want to do the mark messier leadership award i give it to alex tuck me too all right selkie what do you think I mean, now, there was an obvious answer, I say, a quarter way through the season, which was Rasmus Asplund. Mm-hmm. And I think his play has uh, fallen off noticeably. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's tough. I, I feel like I don't know if I would call it Selkie, but I guess we're talking about this in the context of the Sabres. But I've liked Dylan Cousins' two-way game a lot this year. I think he's, like, noticeably been solid at points. But... Mm. they've been so bad. It's like, how can you even name a Selkie winner? Yeah, that's a good point. I think Cousins is a good start. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with Selkie winners, it is usually guys like Cousins, guys that can also, you know, put up points, assist, 
put the puck in the back of the net, have a little bit of offensive prowess. It's not usually like just the straight up best defensive player. Like someone like Johan Larson would never win it, even right. if he was even better on defense and really deserved it. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I guess that's it for then. So the rest of the league, pretty much, it, it's the NHL is in a weird spot because it's like it's not really the halfway point. Like some teams haven't played. Some teams have played like thirty seven games. Some teams have played like forty five. Mm-hmm. So we'll say it's the halfway point. So. Let's start with some of the smaller ones here. Who do you think uh, – well, let's throw this out there. The most important award that everyone loves, who do you think is going to win the Lady Bang? <laughs> um, Sam Reinhart. Yeah, I agree. He's very gentlemanly. I agree. Um, so let's move on to stuff that people really care about, like the awards that people debate all year, you know, fist fights, blood in the streets – who do you think wins the Mark Messier Leadership Award? Oh boy, uh, not Connor McDavid. <laughs> no, he's a bad leader. That's why Edmonton's bad because of his leadership. Yeah, of course. That's the only. Did, reason. did you see that uh, Zoom with him where he looks like a hostage? No, it's it was a Zoom uh, like interview or press conference for the All Star Game. And he looks terrible. I don't know if it's right after he was practicing or whatever, but he has this really, really not good beard. It looks like a hostage beard Yikes. and his hair is kind of messed up and he's really close to the camera for some reason. And it's like, he's like, I don't care if I win the scoring title. I really don't. I want to win. And it was like, someone's holding up cue cards behind the camera. Like, this is what you're going to oh say. My God. It's, it looks really bad. Honestly, we need to get him out of Edmonton. I mean, the 2015 draft, such a, an important and big draft in NHL history. Everyone leading up to it, everyone knew who the top two guys were. And frankly, uh, they went to two terrible franchises. Yeah. And we've got one of those guys out. Now let's get the likable one out of Edmonton. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, so not likable lately, though. I honestly said that also because of how he has been with uh, the whole Evander Kane situation. Hated his uh, response to that. Hated yeah. it. Hated it. Hated it. Yeah, honestly, not good. I keep forgetting Evander Kane's back in the NHL. All right, so let's talk about Selkie for the actual NHL. Do you have any thoughts on that? Because uh, I have a an interesting. You go thing ahead. That I what do you, up last episode, what do you Therese got? Bergeron's numbers are unbelievable still. And I know, like guys win the Selkie based on their reputation. Normally, mm-hmm. like the thing for a couple of years was like, yeah, just have Taze Kopitar Bergeron there. That's easy. Three finalists. Boom. Done. Didn't have to think about it, but man, Bergeron's numbers are still unbelievable. It's insane. I would have a hard time disagreeing with that choice. I mean, honestly, I really, you can't really think of anybody that would, you, you could say is definitively better. Yeah. It's, it's insane. It's, it's wild. And he's, I'm pretty sure he's older than both Taze and Kopitar who have both fallen off to some degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish he would like, you know, knock it off. If I had my way, if you I, just chill. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, pal. Someone else have the award. Right. And like the guy, I, I think Barkov won it last year. He's someone that could win it again. Uh, but like, oh, yeah. Guys, like Couturier won it two years ago, but Flyers are not having a good year. You're not going to have it on a seventh place team or whatever mm-hmm. they end up being. So, so the Norris trophy, do you have thoughts on this? So I think the thing with the Norris for me is we're entering into this era where similar to what you're saying, 
and it's not even a matter of on reputation, I think, but it's like, it's going to be between Hedman, McCarr and Fox, I think every year moving forward now, unless somebody really jumps in and, and steps up into the mix. Um, I, I mean, I, what I guess I will say is by the end of the year, it's going to be Cal McCarr. Uh, I think you could probably throw Aaron Eckblad up there too as a potential option. I mean, he's been consistently great these past two years and has deserved to be in that conversation. But in terms of being like the best, most valuable, valuable defenseman in the NHL, I think it's got to come down to one of those three guys. And it's probably going to continue to be the case until Hedman eventually falls off and somebody steps in and takes them for him when it's just going to be Fox and Makar every year. What about well, that's you? Interesting. I thought the, I thought of the trio. I agree that Hedman's always, I mean, he's always up there. He's great. I thought of it as Fox, Makar, and uh, McAvoy. Oh, McAvoy too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's probably your top five, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So then, they're roughly Ekblad. the same age. Ekblad mm-hmm. uh, is like what, three years older than them, I think. Yeah. But yeah, Hedman is moving into his 30s now. He's still great. So he'll be there a couple more years. But like you said, when he falls off, I, I think of that as the trio of guys that I, I think will be there. So this year, I I think McCarr deserves it. Yeah. And it'll probably, I assume Ekblad will be a finalist just because of how good of a year Florida's had. So probably those guys and Hedman, uh, I mean, Hedman gets their reputation now, but like if he deserves it, he's, yeah. he's a Hall of Famer. As yeah. good as advertised. All right. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Do you have any more thoughts on the Norris? No, not really. I, I think it's like I said, it just comes down to the, to those guys. The five that we mentioned, I think, are far and away our, our leaders for that. Uh, so I'm going to do this together because I have a take that right now, the Hart Trophy winner and the Vesna winner should be the same guy, Igor Shosturkin. Wow. I'm going to look it up, but I think he's leading the league in save percentage by 10. Looking at it now, uh, yeah, I, so that's, I kind of don't think of Husho as a starter, but if he's really taking over as starters, it seems like it's going to be in uh, St. Louis. He could be up to like 40 games played, maybe in the, somewhere between 40 and 50 by the end of the year. He's at 941, so Husho, he's incredible. And really, honestly, they should, they're should they probably going to look at it as a tough choice, but like Bennington has a 901 save percentage. He's 35th. He's tied for 35th in the NHL with, with his old uh, – friend Jake Allen and then Martin Jones and Aiden Hill, Aiden Hill, whatever his name is. Oh so boy. yeah, he stinks. Uh, and it's pretty clear that that was kind of a, a blip what happened in 2019. So Shesterkin has 29 games played though. 937 save percentage. As far as guys, I think that are actually like qualified for the award. He's number one. He's eight points ahead of Frederick Anderson, who is a 929, who wow. also, I guess, I mean, he's having an awesome year, but yeah, I think it's an, an, another interesting thing is the other guy that's playing goalie uh, in New York is at an 898, Alexander Georgiev. So this is not really a system thing at all. Mm-hmm. And I think for some reason, they've split a lot of time so far. Georgiev's played 19 games. I think you're going to see a lot of Shesterkin down the stretch as they're fighting for playoff position. But really, if you're going to lead the league in say percentage by eight, you should probably win the MVP. Now, I yeah. guess who knows what happens with Billy Huso in the by the end of the year, but unbelievable uh so far for Shesterkin so I think I'd have him as the both uh but I mean MVP there are other guys like McDavid's always in the mix uh Drysdale's there and I think someone who is going to get a lot of votes this year uh is Jonathan Huberto yeah I agree I was going to bring him up as well as a potential option yeah I definitely think he may um I mean he's he has I think like four or five games in hand right now. I think he has like 47 games played, but he's leading the league in points right now with 64. And again, you're talking about one of the most productive players 
probably the most productive player, I should say, from the best team in the NHL. So he definitely deserves to be in the conversation. I mean, good for him too. I think, you know, he's always, he's been a guy that obviously, you know, he's had the draft pedigree and everybody's known he's good, but I think the past few years, people have been really waking up to just like how good he really is. Yeah. So I would also say we should mention Ovechkin who is among the lead leaguers, league leaders in points and goals. And the weird one I'll mention here is a Brady Anderson type season from Chris Kreider, Jonathan Chichu type season, I should say. Shouldn't imply he's doing anything illicit, but (laughs) he's leading the league in goals halfway through. I believe he already has his career high. 33 and 47 games. I mean, that's just insane. Yeah, he could. He's probably, uh, if he stays healthy, he can easily hit 50. How about Nazim Kadri, too? 60 points in 41 games. He's third in the league in scoring right now. Yeah, he that's that's also crazy because I think this is, this is about around his career high as well. Mm-hmm. Wild. This rate is year. definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's gonna blow that away. Yeah, definitely. Very, I, very what, strange. What a uh, what a strange year we've had so far. I I honestly think it's uh, kind of insane too how much it it's not as simple as this, but how much Makar has changed the Avs, like. There was a couple of years when McKinnon really like got going that he was seemingly as good as anyone in the league. And they were the eight seed, I believe two mm-hmm. years in a row. The second year they beat the flames and then went to seven with the sharks. But that guess who was there? It was McCarr was there in mm-hmm. the playoffs that year. He signed after his, uh, his college season ended. So he's someone that I would, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's not just him. Right. And got better. They improved uh, kind of all over the place, but, I think the biggest thing that changed for them from being like uh, the supernova they are now versus being like the kind of eight seed type team is Makar, who yeah. scores like a forward. He, he sometimes you watch him in some of these goals that he has this an unbelievable move when he moving horizontally, like throughout basically the top of the circle that defensemen just got your forwards come at him and just look stupid like they're on their ass in a second. It's insane. Yeah, he and he so he shifty, unbelievable shot. And he's still, you know, he doesn't skimp on it in the defensive end either. I know we already talked about Norris, but he's someone that I think you could also consider for the hard trophy. He probably will not get consideration this year. Do you have any other thoughts down on the road, though? Oh, for sure. Down the road. A defenseman hasn't won a heart since Pronger. Mm-hmm. It's been more than 20 years. And guys that might have been the best choice for it, like Eric Carlson a couple of years, didn't really get serious consideration. Right. Really a forwards award with occasional goaltending. For once, say in a Poppins, million. yeah, like Carey Price won it, Jose Theodore won it, damn right, he did. Ash won it twice, the only goalie to do so. Uh, did Brodeur win it? Hmm, that's right, he didn't. No, I don't believe he did actually. That's yeah. interesting, crazy how that works. Yeah, so do you think, as far as the Vesna goes, does Shesterkin have it basically knotted up if he doesn't get hurt? Or <sighs> Because I guess really Freddie Anderson, Anderson. Is, Freddie Anderson has been having an unbelievable year. I think he was actually when we did our breakout players before the year, I think I had picked him as one of mine. But like he has been unbelievable for them. And I mean, let's be real here. Like it's not like exactly he was playing on a, a bad team in Toronto, but I mean, Carolina as a whole is just they're a better team than Toronto is. And I don't know what's gotten into him, but man, he has revived himself in an incredible way and well-deserved for him being an all-star selection too. I'm not going to 
give any more props to the Carolina Hurricanes, but good for Freddie Anderson. I think he belongs to be there, but I think that it's a, it's a two-person race at this point. Yeah, seems that way to me too. Uh, if Basically, if Shesterkin falls off a little bit, just because Anderson has played a little bit more than him too. Right now, I think it's very easily Shesterkin, but Anderson, I guess if he keeps playing like this, it's not inconceivable that he climbs up a little bit and is in the mid nine thirties. And then who votes on Vesna? Is it the broadcasters? I believe it is. Uh, I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. NHL awards are weird because like most, most sports, it's just like the professional writers vote on the mm-hmm. awards and, and hockey, they vote on most of them, but like Jack Adams is voted on by. No, Jack Adams is voted on by broadcasters. The Vesna is chosen by GMs. Get out. Yeah. Interesting. So who are G- GMs? That's why wins tend to uh, be an important thing in this matter, which is why Vasilevsky is almost always a finalist. Well, I was going to say, I think that. that you may even get finally him not being one. I mean, if they put UC Saros in there again, I think he's also well-deserving. True. Yeah, he's having an awesome year. Yeah. And guys, th- I guess what will hurt Anderson here is we know that Carolina doesn't need a great goalie to make the playoffs. You don't know that about Nashville or the Rangers. And I think maybe that can put them over the top. Who knows what the GMs think? Jack Adams. Hmm. It's a good question. Now, Jack, the joke with the Jack Adams is it's usually basically a, a team that you didn't think was going to be good. So either broadcasters underrated them. And was like, wow, must I couldn't have been wrong. The coach must just be doing a great job. Or the other <laughs> thing is, like, they have a hot goalie. So it's like, wow, they're unexpectedly good. I mean, you, you probably got to give serious consideration to Andrew Burnett, right? That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I, I think, you know, taking over after Quenville, I, I, for one, I don't think Florida is going to have to really worry about a, I don't know if they've ever even definitively said or removed the interim tag, but He's got them rolling, man. Like that yeah. team. And I think that that's also just a product of them having a stupidly talented team that is very, very deep and is getting quality goaltending right now. But it's kind of hard to look at anybody besides him. I mean, we're talking about the Florida Panthers being the best team in the NHL and being legitimate Stanley Cup contenders. And the highest scoring team in years. Right. It's remarkable. More than this Colorado team. It's insane. Yeah, I, I think you got to probably give it to him, right, if it was right now. Yeah, Brunette, and also you probably should, you know, obviously mention it's not an easy situation where uh, the month of the season, less than a month, a couple weeks into the season, the team is playing really well under this coach, and he has to go for good reason. Mm-hmm. And But I'll say with everything that happened in Chicago, not Florida's fault. Not, not the player's fault, not the organization's fault. They, you know, right. just happened to be, unfortunately, hiring one of the guys they didn't know was involved. And he got let go because, I mean, if you haven't heard about the Kyle Beats situation, I guess just look it up. But, you know, he was complicit, so he had to go. And Brunette steps in. That's a tough situation. Like, they, they really could go sideways just having to change coach when things are going so well. It's mm-hmm. not often that that happens. So good on him for steering the ship. And Amid also got to say that goaltending has not been very consistent. They probably thought they were going to get a better season out of Spencer Knight. Yeah, he's been really disappointing for them this year. But again, I think more than anything else, he would definitely benefit from getting some time in the AHL. Yeah, I mean, if they uh, if they were able to keep Drudger, that would have been nice for them. But taking mm-hmm. the expansion draft, 
he he should probably be a starter this year, by the way. Um, Grubauer has been playing better lately, though, for them at least. I will say that's that much. True. He's still below 890. Crazy. With yeah. him even playing well in like a good, like I think it's like a seven game stretch. He's like five and two or something like that. And even still, yeah, he's just trying to drag those numbers back to less than ideal. <laughs> yeah, man. Was there any other awards we missed? We talked about, well, GM of the year. I don't remember what Best that award's called. Best dressed. Uh, I haven't done my research on this one. Talks the most, but says the least. Uh, didn't you win that in high school? Uh, no. Time in your book? <laughs> Asshole. No, I did not. How would I even know that? I don't have your yearbook. I was a uh, funny your thing. Brother, I graduated with your brother. I don't have his yearbook. Well, I don't even have my own, I don't think. There you go. I, uh, I was privy to the vote counting process, and we had to cut a couple awards for space my year, but I think I was getting the most votes for most sarcastic. That is not surprising at all. Yeah, that's it would have been a, uh, my honor. Pretty on brand, yeah. Yeah. Man. Uh, Any other thoughts, Taylor? I guess GM of the year, Joe Sackick. Yeah. That's that. That's a pretty much it. Uh, yeah, I, best dress, that's an interesting one. Uh, I know Sarah Siv at The Athletic does a, a thing, so maybe I should look at that because I have not. I have no idea how anyone's dressing. Hmm. You didn't watch well, the All-Star game or the uh, – Skills competition. Does that count? I like how Trevor Zegers was dressed. Yeah, that, I think that counts. Yeah, that was funny. Funny thing, though, Trevor Zegers is about as old as dodgeball. Sad to think about. Yeah, 20, right? Yeah, dodgeball came out in like 04. He was probably born in 02. Good God. 01. So he did definitely didn't see it in theaters like we did. Well, I did. I don't know if you did. Good for him. I appreciate that he, he respects a classic. Yeah, it's just like. I mean, this is not that that would be crazy. One of my favorite movies is Jurassic Park, which came out the year I was born. Mm-hmm. Actually, most of my favorite movies came out a while ago. So, but I mean, as far as comedies go, if we just like, we were repping like Get Shorty, just like a very funny 1995 comedy, <laughs> basically. But I mean, Dodgeball's I, think, I don't know what else came out in 1994. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, big movie year, 1994. The year you were born was a good movie year. Well, I mean, for comedies though. Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't Shawshank know. Redemption. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that counts, thought, right? Yeah, I guess it was. Was it? Does it count as a comedy? Uh, that Forrest Gump won Best Picture that year. I think that's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Man. All right. Well. You have any any thoughts on the? I mean, the Sabers aren't playing again before we talk. I don't think they're playing Thursday, right? Yeah, so we'll have plenty of time to to chat about them on our Thursday episode, previewing them being back after the All Star break. Taylor, with that being said, do you have anything else that you'd like to share with the people? Perhaps a random Sabers player or a recommendation? Hmm. I, well, not only did I see the Jackass movie, but I saw all four this week. I watched all four. And uh, still love it. And I'll say this. If you're going to go see the new one, there is a hockey angle. There's a famous hockey player you might have heard of. He's in it. I won't spoil who it, who it is. Uh, well, well, do you want me, I, okay, I'll tell you who it is, but I won't tell you what they do. So I don't want to spoil that. But it's uh, P.K. Subban. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, good time. It's about what you expect. If you like the other ones, you'll like this. I can't. I, mean, I, I like to imagine there's a guy out there that loves like three of the Jackass movies, but not the other one. There's one other one in there. I just didn't love the artistic direction. I, I got to say, I did not like the third one, man. They I think they went in a, a whole lot of bad directions. With that <laughs> one. 
Yeah. Well, uh, let's see here. Yeah, that's pretty much it for recommendations. All right. Sounds good. Um, and then uh, random Sabres player of the week, uh, Mike Greer. I'll go Paul Gostad. Good stuff. Absolutely. I have his jersey. Hey, do we also want to maybe hear from our friends at DraftKings? No, not really. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, I kind of blanked on that one again, didn't I? All right. Well, I'm getting it up now, but I'll say this uh, about DraftKings. Super Bowl is coming up. So, I mean, if, you, uh, if you're if you interested in that, this is it's like the biggest betting night of the year by like 10 miles. So I, I'm i 98% sure that's also what the ad read is about. But anyway, <laughs> Brendan, do you have any uh, any – I know we'll talk probably more about the Super Bowl later, but – is, isn't it kind of a nice going into a Super Bowl being like, I don't really care about either of these teams. So whatever Dude, happens, happens. It's so funny you say that because I think this is also just like the first time. And I don't know how long where it's like not even a matter of having a rooting interest, but it's like there are people on both teams that I would be happy for. Like, I'll be happy either way. Like, I think Joe Burrow's great. I think he's great for the league. I think he's going to be a great quarterback for a very long time. And at the same time, I like Sean McVay a lot. I'm a big Matt Stafford guy as well. And uh, Bobby Woods getting a ring would be nice too. I saw in an interview, Cooper cup called him Bobby trees, Bobby trees. That's so good. Yeah. Um, it's what well, it'd also be very funny to me. If OBJ gets a ring after getting cut, like not cut, but like, like basically the Browns, the Browns gave up on him mid season. And it's like, no, actually he's still good. It's your uh, idiot quarterback who sucks. Yeah. Um, and then, Still, though, it's crazy to me that he's having this good year and he's wide receiver, too, because Cooper Cup is like <laughs> prime Jerry Rice now. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> How the hell did that happen? I know yeah. he's been good, but uh, yeah, he definitely just took it to another universe this year. <laughs> Man, unbelievable. Crazy. Yeah, and then, stuff. like you said, I, I like uh, that. I, you know, it'd be cool if the Bengals won. Well, here's the thing I'd say the big advantage the Bengals have is that they have a real, like, diehard fan base who's been through the ringer. They've been terrible. They've been even worse than the Bills. Really? They went 30 years without winning a playoff game before this year. They mm-hmm. missed the playoffs like every year. And like from like 95 to like 04, they were the worst. They were the absolute worst team when I first started watching football. They drafted like Achilles Smith. Carson Palmer's leg injury happened. Marvin Ooh. Lewis went to the playoffs a hundred times and lost 31-17 in the first round of wildcard weekend, like every time. Yep. So and meanwhile, I mean, the Rams just, I, I, I guess that's the other, I mean, I don't like either of the owners here, but like staying, you know, staying cronky and moving away from St. Louis and the lawsuit and come on, if people in LA even care about this team. So that's a big advantage. But other than that, I really don't care. It'd be cool to see Matt Stafford and Sean McVay win. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so let's get to this ad read. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. And under the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest or Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit. So, Here's what you got to do. You got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. It must be 21 or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
In Tennessee, call or text the TN Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. Anyway, folks, uh, not folks, you really, Brendan. Uh, I was, was Super Bowl 56, how many Super Bowls have you think you've watched? Pretty much every one since like being five years old. So I don't we've know. We've watched like 40% of the Super Bowls. I, I think it's pretty good numbers, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. First one I remember is Rams-Titans. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, that's the first one. I remember the Super Bowl happening. The one year was Broncos-Packers, but I couldn't uh, – I, I definitely couldn't stay up to watch that maybe, or I, I didn't watch it. And then there was the one that was like uh, – hmm. Oh, you know what? I watched the first Super Bowl, and I don't remember a damn thing about it because I was three weeks old. Uh, the first one I watched was the first Cowboys Bill Super Bowl 52-17. Oh, damn. Yeah. So I think I've, this would be like my 23rd Super Bowl I've watched. Let's do a little quick math here. Yeah, we, I watched 41% of Super Bowls. Good for you. Damn, that's that, impressive. That's insane. We're not even old. Someday we're going to have seen more than half the Super Bowls. That's, oh my God. Yeah. I'm learning Yikes. so much right now. Damn. Math. Don't we love math, folks? Math is wild, folks. Yeah. It's just the wild thing with the NFL, too, is like, and we look at every other sports champions, we just like, oh, since the beginning of uh, the MLB, here's all the World Series winners. Since the beginning of like, well, the NHL is a little weird, but like it started, Stanley Cup started to become an official thing. Obviously, predates the NHL, but like around 1918. Baseball, you know, like I said, same thing. Basketball, uh, the NBA became a thing, I think, in 48 or 49 the nfl was a league forever and then they're just like no this is our championship now we're just not counting like they have super bowl stats like tom brady and the, the patriots have won the most super bowls they've won six super bowls tom brady's won seven total so he's won more than any team but like the packers have like a dozen championships and it just doesn't count because <laughs> it was before this cur- i know it's i know there's a merger with the afl but like the aba and nba merged and the nhl and wha merged so weird Hmm. good point anyway interesting yeah all right stuff well we'll be back on thursday you're damn right we will thank you all so much for listening to this episode of straight up sabers presented by the hockey podcast network and the charging buffalo as always make sure you're checking out both the hockey podcast network and the charging buffalo on their respective websites whatever streaming platform you're listening to right now make sure you're subscribing and make sure you're following them on social media and make sure you're doing the same for us follow us on social media on facebook twitter and instagram you can find us straight up sabers also, if you're listening to this podcast, whatever streaming platform it is, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. And again, as Taylor had just said before, make sure you're using that promo code THPN at checkout for all of your betting over the next week. We'll be back with a new episode on Thursday. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been Straight Up Savers. Straight up Savers.